Hello, 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 and welcome to the NOMT podcast, where Edith is your host, that's me, and Kitty Rebellion has chosen the topic and is running the show tonight. The episode is called The Change, and Gandhi supposedly coined the phrase, be the change you want to see in the world. However, after much research, I've found possibly he didn't say the phrase at all. He did say, according to the interweb, be the change you want to see happen. Isn't that the same thing? If any of our listeners know, please feel free to contact us and messages are linked in the bio. Kitty and I are both in agreement. We want to inspire and be the change we want to see happen. So with the utmost transparency, we share. We share the good, the bad, and the ugly with everyone we can. We open up about our past, and I, Edith Ivey, talk about my bipolar disorder in hopes it speaks to women and men, young and old. Kitty shares she wasn't the easiest person to get along with, and the transition from then and now was a bumpy road. We also answer a message from a friend of TikTok stand-in families for Erica. Erica, we want you to know we are there for you and feel your pain. Sending love to you now. Thank you for joining the NOMT podcast and enjoy the show. Hello there, Kitty Rebellion. How are you, darling? Hello. I am wonderful. How about yourself? I am, well, can I be honest? Absolutely. I mean, we're being transparent here, right? Yes, ma'am. So I've just just had a run-in with a little bit of depression because... Um, I went to Portland on vacation and I saw my brother who I love absolutely had a great time with his dogs, my nephew. And, and then I came home to, uh, I guess just an enormous, I don't know what it is, if it's travel or what, but it, it, it consumed me when I got home. So I've been dealing with just getting my mood back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes you know sense. what I mean? Yeah. 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 So, and then, you know, I'm a nurse. That could be a little bit of a, a hurdle to jump to. I'm trying to get out of nursing. And, and you know what? Sometimes it's just time. It's just, it's just, I, I had one woman, uh, she owned an anytime fitness and it was one of her dreams to do that. And she did it. And after five years, she was questioning herself. She was like, I wanted this my whole life. I did it. And now I don't know what to do because I feel, she felt bad. She was like, I don't, I, I, I want to leave this, but, and I'm like, what, why do you have to stick to the same thing all the time? Why shouldn't you go after the next thing? Right. That's, right. That's- Why stay that? And I think we were just talking about that too. It's like, you're on a journey, you kitty rebellion, <laughs> kitty rebellion of TikTok. in case you all didn't know. 
Um, she will be running the show tonight doing the topic is change. Is that correct, Kitty? Be the change. Be the change. So, and here, I looked that up on the interweb. Um, if we could change ourselves, the tendencies in the world would also change. As a man changes his own nature, so does the attitude of the world change towards him. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. So I think that's that's what it is. It's like with travel, um, I traveled to my brothers, ate food that I don't normally eat was in a climate I'm not normally in, weather I'm not normally in that really affected my mood. It was really cold there. Mm -hmm. And I flew on a plane. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 53 years old, you know, honey. So it's like being cozy in my own bed, doing my own thing. You know, I have my schedule. Um, now I'm in bed by a certain time. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Well, so your pattern got all, all over the place because, because traveling and, and, and being in that climate and, and doing those things isn't part of your everyday. No. So there's a lot more thinking, feeling, you know, physical, there's so much to it. And then come back to your normal. I mean, it totally makes sense. It's exhausting. Physically. Oh, my God. Emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you're going and you're 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 seeing something er pretty much every minute you're there. And then I still tried to I tried to work out while I was there, you know, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that helps my mood, too. And I don't know. It was it's just a lot. So. The podcast definitely cheers me up. I'm excited about the topic. And I was wondering if you could just elaborate on the direction that we'll be heading. Absolutely. absolutely. So this started a few years back. Um, I knew something had to change, but I didn't know what. Like I, I, It was just bubbling up in me that I wasn't living the life that society, your family, people that you know, your friends, I, I, something was wrong. I, I was not living authentically. When I look back, I was not living authentically. And that was the start of, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and I was in uh, my late forties and um, I saw on Twitter Kevin Smith was on. Oh, I love him, by the way. <laughs> little short video of him talking about clerks. Iconic cult classic, right? Clerks. Love that movie. Absolutely. And he said something, and I say this a lot, that I, I, I carry things with me. I have noticed I've carried things with me until it's time to let it go. And he said why not me? Because they weren't, nobody was doing what he was doing. And he thought, right. you know, at the moment, you know, who am I to do this? And then in the next breath say, why not me? And look what happened. <laughs> the 
can't he blew up. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, that's that, you know, that's wonderful. That's great. But what are you going to do? And I'm like, I have no idea, but I know I need to do something. <laughs> right. I started thinking about midlife. I started thinking about the beliefs and this, and I will carry this with me forever in a very good way. Like fabulous. I love you for this is the beliefs, how beliefs change your feelings. If you change, yes. they change your feelings. And that you hit the nail on the head for me of something I've been trying to understand for a long time. So, oh, so I feel I'm so, so drawn to you and so connected to you because of that. Like, like I'm like, Oh my gosh, she explained perfectly in one sentence what I have been feeling for a long time. And that's why we need to have this conversation, have these conversations. And I like the idea of inviting more women to share their perspective with us and grow from that living in the moment. I want to always live in the moment and never be, uh, have expectations, right. Or take it for granted. Right. Yeah. These magical moments. I say that about health. I say that about fitness. I say that about the magic is in the work and the consistency. That's where the magic comes from. And if you're living in a vicious cycle, you will never meet and enjoy and get to where, well, there's no end, right? The journey. Right. No end. It's by staying, st- it's, it's, I'm so passionate about it. When I see people that, I, that I, how I used to be, it's so hard not to approach them and go, let me help you. you know? I know it's I, so I, hard. You, you don't, that's why though, this platform is so important because you don't lose anything of yourself while you do it. And you can help enormous amounts of women or even men. There are men that listen to this podcast too, mm-hmm. you know? So everything that you say resonates with the listeners. As a matter of fact, I have, um, later on, I'll, I'll let you finish, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I want you to finish what you're saying, but, um, there's a young lady on, um, it's TikTok families. I think it's gay, lesbian and gay, lesbian, bi and transgender. And it's basically, um, where, GLBTQ people can go and get the nurturing and parenting that they the love from their own parents. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So we'll address that a little later in the show, but uh, I do, I do want you. So when you talk about your authenticity and that you weren't authentic, could you describe what you mean by that? Because maybe a lot of the people that are listening to the podcast don't really understand what authenticity is. And then, and then I can add to that. Absolutely. One example that comes to mind is when you, when I was job hunting, 
when I would go job hunting, I would say what I believed they wanted me to say so that I could get the job. And, and I'm very honest about that because that's how I learned. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. So if I'm not being authentic, you know, talking to a person about a job, how am I being when I'm talking to a friend, when I'm talking to, um, you know, people on the street, I mean, in my partner, my children, and I was like recognizing that I wasn't because my communication skills were so low and I wanted right. to be liked and I wanted to be nice and I pretended to be something that I wasn't to get what I needed or what I wanted. And recognizing once you recognize that and that it's not okay, like I, I can't go back to that. And it's now spread to the rest of my life that I can get my message across without yelling, without screaming, without threatening, without pretending, without, you know, forcing myself to be nice. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it does. It I, does. It's actually so I'm going to add to that a little bit. Okay. Add to that definition. So put simply authenticity means you're true to your own personality values and your spirit regardless of of pressure um that you should act otherwise and you're honest with yourself and you're honest with others and you take responsibility for your mistakes because you understand that your mistakes were the more mistakes we make the better we're going to get. Okay. But if you're, if you deny me, if I deny that I, Oh, I didn't make a mistake. What do you mean? I didn't make a mistake. And I, and being a mistake, making a mistake doesn't mean that you're not worthy of love. It doesn't mean that you should be shamed. It doesn't mean that you can't get frustrated. It doesn't mean any of those things. It only has the meaning that you give it. Mm -hmm. A mistake means that you fell short of the goal. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And yeah. And Maya Angelou said, forgive yourself for learning it until you've learned it. So, (laughs) you know, like you were saying, going to the job and I remember going to job interviews and I'd want it so bad because of what I read on the paper, mm-hmm. what I read on the paper sounded great. And I wanted this job. And then I, and then I'd start working the job and it wasn't, it wasn't what was on the paper. <laughs> it's like a total lose, lose situation. Yeah. I wasn't who I said I was going to be and they didn't bring to the table what they said they were going to bring. So right. Like, well, this sucks. You know? <laughs> oh my God. Doesn't it though? And when you're a kid and you're, you're looking for jobs and I, I'll tell you one of my first jobs was Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> and I put on, I want to say 20 pounds because at the end of the shift, 
everybody got to take chicken home. Mm. So I was eating chicken every single day. And it was when I stepped on the scale and I was 20 pounds heavier. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Right. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Wow. I did that yeah. at a Mexican restaurant. I worked at a Mexican restaurant. Same thing. 20 pounds. Girl. Oh my God. When I say restaurant, did I tell you that my husband and I owned, uh, we owned a taqueria? No. Yes. Yes. And when I say these things were addicting, I was a fatty. <laughs> I, no, I met him. I had um, a little bit off the beaten path, but I have to tell you this story. I, I was going to nursing school. I was going to HCC in Ybor city campus. And I did the online dating thing. And I met this guy named Tommy online and he was supposed to meet me for sushi at, uh, I want to say exactly 6 PM. Well, he didn't show up. Until oh. I was paying for my sushi. I, hope I, yes. I had already told myself, I was like, this, this man is not for me. This man is not for me. I, yeah, I'm so glad I drew that boundary with him because he was a little crazy. He was a DJ and a bunch of different things. Well, he ordered sushi, ate it. And then he said, Hey, I want to take you to my friend's taqueria. And I said, okay, all right, that sounds good. And um, so we go, it's this little hole in the wall. I shit you not, it's a shack. It's a shanty. It's a little crack house, okay? And there, he's my husband now. <laughs> but there he was in this little shack making tacos out of his mom's hot plate. And, um, when I tell you how freaking delicious these things were, <laughs> I'm telling you it, that was it. That was all she wrote. We've been together ever since that was 2003. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Now, now I'm wanting some taqueria. Now I'm wanting some taqueria. Right. You know, oh my God. <laughs> well, but be the change. Right. Yes. Right. Be the change. As women over 50 and the things that I was told, why would I ever look forward to growing older? The horror stories. Right, right, right. That were fed to me. And my, my grandmothers weren't walking. My grandmothers weren't lifting weights. My grandmothers weren't, you know, running 5Ks. They weren't going out hiking. They weren't getting on a bike or a even a stationary bike. You know, they did nothing. And, 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 I, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way because they didn't know. Okay. Right, I, right. I, I can look back. Their sole purpose in life was get married, have children, and then finish out serving your man. Right. That is like, that. I don't know, like, it makes me sad that, well, I'm glad my grandmothers didn't know any better, but nobody 
asked them what they wanted to do, what their passions were. Were they into science? Were they into pottery? Were they into painting? Were they ever thinking of owning their own business? I mean, that was never discussed. And it blows my mind. So to to add on to that, right, I'm on Instagram as well. And one of my friends sends me this video of women in ball gowns dancing around ovens and refrigerators. And they look stunning and they have beautiful jewelry on. And when I say a tiara and the hair is coiffed just so and the dresses are perfectly form fitting and they are just whimsical and excited about dancing around these appliances and and this was in the 50s and i have to ask when did women ever <laughs> want to dance around an oven <laughs> in a ball in a ball gown and tiara right Right. It had to be a commercial or a page in a magazine. Oh, it was. It was. It was like a whirlpool, you know. This is going to make your life easier. I can hear that. I can hear it already. Right. I can hear it already. Buy your woman this appliance. I <laughs> swear, if any, if anybody gave me an appliance for my birthday or Mother's Day, somebody's going to feel the wrath. You know what I mean? Like, no. No, bring it to me on a random day. Birthdays, Christmas, anniversary, those are all personal. Right. You (laughs) you would have to think about what I like. Or if you heard me say, if we were walking around, oh, I really like that. You know, take a mental note, you know, whatever. I I, I have... (laughs) buy me a washing machine and and i know some women would be like you're so ungrateful and i'm like uh no No, i'm being real i'm being real with you right now this is not something that i i want maybe he suckered you into believing that you know this is all you deserve is a household appliance that's used by everyone maybe maybe you got suckered into that not me (laughs) Not me, you know, the the, the excuse. And because I've been there, I've been there, I was young and, and they do things that, you know, you should just be grateful. You have a man, you should just be. And I'm telling you, I was also one of those people that never let you feel your feelings. Like I would always be that you should just be great. And now I'm like, no, you're allowed to feel how you want to feel. And I like that when people do it for me and I do it for other people. I stopped saying you should just be grateful. Yeah. Well, that's a programming thing. When you think about it, it's who is the, who was the salesperson that put together that kind of a um, sales program, right? Or, Or PR or whatever you want to call it. And what was their intention? Right. And was it a man? <laughs> you know, 
was what was it's his... always a man <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like the bra okay? not all men let me put that out there yeah well because i have well, a very we... emotionally intelligent kind generous thoughtful thinking man <laughs> he cooks he cleans he does his own laundry okay isn't that great Women, like if I, you know, when you're at work and you're talking about the night before or, you know, just your life in general, women's eyes, they like, what? Your, your <laughs> does the cooking. Yes, we go grocery shopping together and then he makes the meals and then I clean up. And we have been doing this for a decade and it, I mean, don't fix what's not broken right exactly it works and my my husband does something similar I mean um he and I I don't know if I told you this we don't live together Mm -hmm. um I came from a very codependent family and highly abusive and there was a lot of things going on I love my family. Don't get me wrong. And we've all grown out of this, whatever it was that when I was a child, but unfortunately, when I was talking about programming, mm-hmm. um, when he met me, I was not authentic. I couldn't speak. I couldn't tell him what I wanted. I couldn't tell him how I felt. And I, I was taught that people like him weren't good people because he wasn't a doctor he wasn't a lawyer he wasn't a this he wasn't a that Mm -hmm. and people have so much more value than the judgments that were put in my head and I had to grow out of that and stand that so we're literally growing up still to this day um living more in the moment being more like we were discussing being more authentic, um, being the change that, that we would like to. Um, so now our relationship is 360 degrees. My husband, you know, I'm a nurse, so he'll come over and cook dinner for me and clean up the kitchen and, sit down and watch television with me until I fall asleep and then go home. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, and isn't that a beautiful thing? Oh, I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful. I, I don't try to control his thoughts and feelings anymore. I don't try to do that with any human being. I don't want that for them. You know, I don't want to manipulate anybody into doing something that I want. I want everyone in this world to live their best life. Period. Period. I mean, yeah. you know what? You know, I'm sure, because I know I do. I know what it's like to feel manipulated. I know what it feels like. I don't want anybody to to me, so I'm not going to do it to them. Right. Uh, back to relationships. My partner and I do not share money. People freak out. Like I said, when you're working in an office, wherever you're working, right, you talk. You talk about your home life. Right. And and couples, as, as women just are like, what do you mean you don't share money? And I'm like, he has his account. 
then I have my account. We don't have a joint account. Like they're like, they're just like, what? Same with my, me and my husband. I'm like, no, no money can be, money can be manipulative. And unbeknownst to whoever is doing the manipulating, right? Like, yeah, this way we know if, if he wanted to see my emails, if he wanted to see my phone, if he wanted to see my bank statement, all he would have to do is ask. And I'm like, never once has my partner never, never, ever, ever has he asked to see anything of mine ever. And I'm the same with his. I, I, he is trustworthy and respectful and has never given me a reason not to trust him. And we're just at that age that if I thought something was not on the up and up, I would have all the data. I would have all the proof and I would <laughs> leave it on the table and adios. And he right. knows I am not fucking around when it comes to my life because if you lie to someone you do not give them the opportunity to choose the next path that's that it about that that's it and that's how my husband and I spent the the first 10 years of our relationship was that's what he did he lied it was always a lie everything was a lie and and for someone like myself, I'm bipolar. So that scrambles my brain and um, makes me codependent. I don't know if you understand what I mean. So I do. like I would ke- I kept saying I, ke- I would kept hunt. I would keep hunting for the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, please tell me the truth. I love you. Why wouldn't you tell me the truth? I need to stay with you. I want to stay with you, but I can't stay with you if you don't tell me the truth. And I was so busy negotiating mm-hmm. with him. And unbeknownst to him, he became resistant and he would just lie to me even more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's and that's the codependent mambo, if you will. That's the dance. And that's why it's so important to be authentic, to have integrity, to not lie to your partner. Don't manipulate. Don't say things that might change their perspective. That's an uncomfortable place to put someone in, don't you think? Well, exactly. The truth and a lie cannot coexist. Right always be friction there will always be something there when you i didn't know how to live i didn't understand it um i i i just thought everybody treated each other like crap yeah what is that called stonewalling and you know just passive aggressive i lied i lied to keep from arguing i lied to keep from you know, hurting your feelings. Right. I lied to, and I was like, oh, okay, that's normal. That's just what you do. And then I'm like, that's not normal. Guilt by omission or what is it? Not guilt by omission, but, um, I know, I know what you're saying, but I can't think of how it goes. Well, my husband used to say something. 
what is it? Guilty by association? I'm not sure. Um, no, he would say that. Uh, I'll give you an example. Can I give you an example? Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So story time. My husband and I first met. And when I say that I was just head over heels in love with him, I I can tell you exactly each thing that I was in love with. And um, he, I don't think he had ever had anybody that loved him that much. And at the time, he went to New York to a friend of his wedding. Okay. And he told me, hey, I'm going to this wedding, and then I'll be right back. I had no reason not to trust him. So he went up there, and he saw his ex. Pardon me. He just started dating me. Uh-huh. But he didn't tell me that he was going to see his ex. Uh, uh, okay. And he didn't think there was anything wrong with it. We had just met. And when I had to dig it out of him, I don't even remember how I, how I found out, you know, I, I said, oh, are you doing anything else while you're up there? And he said, well, <laughs> Well, I, I saw my ex and I said to him, now, why wouldn't you tell me that before you go, you went? And he said, well, I didn't want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Well, you're the one that thinks it's going to hurt me. But if you had told me you were doing that, I would have trusted you even more. That was the problem with us. It was like my way was really healthy and his way was hey i'm just gonna do what i want and i won't tell you <laughs> Ooh. yeah and that hurts even more yes he doesn't do that now oh god no 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 if it's and i don't feel that way anymore too like if he saw an ex or something like that I'd be like, peace, more power to you. <laughs> you get home. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just, uh, we've been together for 17 years. So <laughs> well, I had to trust that I was going to. So I was. Um, I had to trust that I was going to be okay. Should he fuck up? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Was I going to be okay? I was working. I had my own vehicle. I mean, I, I was my, I, I grew into my own. And I think I really, really believe because I did that, the universe said, here's one for you. Like, okay, can you recognize this is a good person? This is a good man with good intent. He's been around the block a few times. He's learned his lessons. He knows what to say. He knows what not to say. He knows, like, like he just knows. Right. He knows. And I do believe that the universe said, think you can handle it. So let's, let's, let's go with this. Okay. Don't mess it up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 12 years later, you know? <laughs> well, and you're not, I think the biggest thing with authenticity is you just decide you're not going to lie to yourself anymore. Right. And he knew that. And he knew that. Like, I think I said that on the, on the last podcast that we did that, 
uh, he goes, you're so blunt. He goes, you just. Yes. Yes. He said he'd never met anybody like (laughs) you before. Right. I was like, you know what? I have nothing. I, I was living in an apartment with zero furniture. (laughs) very emotional and mental abusive relationship oh yeah i i kept going back and i kept going back and you know i'd leave i'd come back i'd leave i'd come back i'd leave i'd come back hoping and praying that it was going to get better and each time it just got worse i didn't even know i didn't even know who i was anymore he had I, i let him emotionally and mentally drain me to my knees. Like I was just a complete mess all the time. I was afraid to say anything. I was afraid to make a move. Like I, I just couldn't function anymore. And I feel like a Phoenix that, that rose from the ashes. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I was like, you know what? You screwed up. You screwed up big time with this person. And you gave way, way too much of yourself to try and keep him. Why do you think you screwed up? I, I, I screwed up. I, I left my husband to be with him. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So how about maybe I'm going to give you a little perspective so you can change your belief about your situation because I did the same thing. I've been in so many abusive relationships with men. I've been beaten, thrown up against the wall, screamed at, you know, when, when I say stonewalling, I, I had one guy I lived with who was in the, who was Czech And I married him and he would, he would talk about me in his language and not say nice things about me. Oh. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started saying, I don't need this. It, it's one of those mistakes. Forgive yourself. For, um, what is it? Maya Angelou says, forgive yourself for learning it, learning it until you've learned it. And it sounds hard, but it's, it was one of those things I had to be with a lot of abusive men because it was what I was comfortable with because Mm -hmm. of my parents Mm -hmm. and that's a little sick, don't you think? I mean, it was a belief I had. Hey, I must deserve to be abused. I I turned my family upside down by doing this. And so I tried everything I could to make it work because of the actions that I had taken. Right. And... Um, I just got to the point where I had to choose me. And I, I don't know if you ever saw a picture of a man 
who there's a woman on the floor and he's just yelling and berating her and you know and it, you know the caption is basically saying this is not normal like this isn't okay this is not how you love someone right and it just hit home with me that i screwed up big time like like the biggest screw up I have ever made. And I was embarrassed and I was ashamed. And you know what? This is what you get for what you did to your family. And then I just had to get over it. You know what? I, I screwed up. I fucked up. And I'm going to spend the rest of my days righting my wrongs. And I say that in my podcasts. And I say that in life that for the rest of my days, and, and it's not a bad thing I don't I don't I'm not punishing myself I am writing my wrongs so that I'm okay I yeah yeah it's not a punishment when I say I'm writing my wrongs well I feel the same okay so let's say I'm I learned a lot from my patients okay too. And when I first started nursing, it was, you've got to do this and you've got to, you got to do A, B and C and get this result in order to live healthy. And if you don't do it this way, you're not doing it right. And it was very black and white in my thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is what's right for me is not right for other people. It, it, I mean, there's a, their version of it. Yes. I can help them by telling them these things will help you. But at the end of the day, I don't need to lose sleep over it. They're going to make their decision based on their life experiences. I don't have control over that. Mm-hmm. I need to just live and let live. Um. Some people are going to eat a salad and some people just aren't. And, you know, within the first 10 minutes, if somebody wants to listen to your, (laughs) you know, listen, you talk. I mean, I just live for salads. (laughs) I I get what you're saying um, with, with the be the change and also getting older. When you meet someone like I no longer talk myself into, oh, this is a nice person. Like, I'm like, you're fucking toxic. And I understand your family and your friends put up with your bullshit, but I will not. So I'm going to remove myself. Oh, girl, I don't say it like that, though. (laughs) Can can I share a story with you? And this was recent. This was recent. This was recent. So I was on the trail and, um, you know, I'm starting to see what's not right if somebody is is dumping their trauma on you in the first five minutes of conversation and then they want to share phone numbers at the end like this guy wanted to share he share his childhood trauma his abusive mother his you know just all of this stuff and I found myself having a really hard time getting away. And at the end of the walk, cause he kind of started walking with me. Mm-hmm. He wanted to um, exchange numbers and the old me. Yes. I exchanged numbers 
and he did send me a text and I, I sent him a, a, a nice little message back. But the thing is, the problem is the reason why I don't want to be around those individuals is because then I feel like in my mind that I've got to take responsibility for them in some way. And I need to sit there and listen to all the complaining. And and then it keeps me from taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not me being authentic. That's not me being the change that I want to see. Enabling someone else to be broken isn't helping them. Exactly. And knowing knowing your boundaries. Right. Knowing your ba- I never had any. I, I I just let people walk all over me and then I, you know, and then I'd be mad about it, you know. And it's like, but I was nice to them. How could they take advantage of me? And it's like, because they're not nice people. <laughs> right. Or or here here's the thing, and this is the perspective I have of it. If I'm not drawing boundaries, I'm not being a friend to me. Mm-hmm. And there are people that will respect your boundaries. And then there will be people who gaslight you because of your boundaries and try to make you think that your boundaries are, um, I want to say that your boundaries are, it's an unrealistic expectation. Oh, uh if you if you had boundaries you were selfish and yes not nice yes You're selfish and right not nice and you only think about yourself you know? <laughs> like, yeah that sounds like something my mom would say and, and it's hard to but you st- there's that pain that comes with growth and understanding why does this hurt me well because somebody's crossing a boundary because somebody's taking advantage of you, because somebody's lying to you, because somebody is trying to get over on you. That's why there's pain and wrecking and, and, you know, talking yourself out of it. Well, maybe I'm not listening enough. Maybe I'm not nice enough. Maybe I'm like, no. And so I have to relearn how to see, understand what was good and what was bad. Like there right. is a thing as good people and bad people. There is such a thing. But I, I grew up with everybody's nice. Everybody's helpful. Everybody's there. And I'm like, but they're not. Right. They're not. Not everybody is well intended. And recognizing that and being okay with it. And maybe, maybe I was wrong on a few occasions that maybe somebody was literally trying to help me. But I took it the wrong way. And so learning to trust your instincts about what people want from you took me a while. Does that make sense? Oh, my God. It resonates like you wouldn't believe. And and, and, I see it working in customer service. uh, Yeah, it is painful painful dealing with people that you know the privilege the uh was entitlement like these words are overused a lot in social media yeah but i but i get it but i get just when somebody would walk in the door i was able 
to size them up within sec before they even said a word. Oh my God. I had a, a patient today who, whose son was there for, for her. And when I say that he blasted me when I got there, like I, he was yelling at the dog. I mean, my ears were ringing and then all he did was complain and I didn't even get in the house. I'm still standing in the doorway and he's just expressing to me all these needs that he has for his mother and what a disappointment and so-and-so should have ordered it. And that, um, you know, so when I got down to it, it was, it was going to be a lose, lose. Well, yeah. So I, I said, I, I stopped him after about 10 minutes and I said to him, okay, what I need you to do is let me come in the house and take care of your mother. And when I'm done, we'll address your concerns. So I took care of her and he was talking the entire time I was doing a head to toe assessment. You know, you have to check eyes, you have to check mouth, you have to check skin integrity you have to check um lungs is she getting enough air you know any any open areas i mean you really have to focus and when somebody is just and blood pressure and all of that and he's just talking and when i had if i had a dollar every time someone did that and i i feel like the expectation was very high of me so when I did finally have time to check on his expectations, come to find out the object that he wanted me to order, he was already told by someone else that he had to pay for that out of his own pocket. Mm. So we have to deal with this kind of behavior constantly where people get us to run around in circles when if they were just truthful with themselves and the first time they were told that they had to pay for it out of their own pocket, they went and they bought it or they checked with their insurance companies to see if they were covered. Mm -hmm. So trust. Yeah. How do you trust somebody when it's like, I know, you know, <laughs> I know now that, you know, and right? we all of this. Ugh. Ugh. it's a lot it's a lot and and if you imagine so here we are we're these warriors right and we're going out into the world and I've already told you that I have bipolar disorder mm -hmm. so narcissists get really aggravated by me whenever they I've had an a, a bipolar attack because my reality I don't know what's real and and what is fake you know what i mean like my inner god off so i ask a lot of questions narcissists hate to have you ask questions makes sense yeah mm -hmm. they don't want you asking questions they get angry when you ask questions mm -hmm. and and it's and for good reason you know i I understand that, but that's why we all need to find our healthy place, right? 
And I'm doing the best I can to not be in that bipolar up and down place, that triggering place, so I can maneuver through the world much better than I would if I was constantly triggered by bipolar disorder. And and that is just so beautifully smart of you. I know that as, as I'm aging, I, I just remember all the things of, we don't talk about this. We don't talk about that. We don't, we don't, we don't, you know, everything's a secret. And, and as I'm aging, I'm seeing where the problems arise. Um, and as women over 50, you know, pack it up, you're done. You know, yeah. you're irrelevant. Like nobody cares what you have to say anymore. And then you have, and we talked about the whole peddling of the diet <laughs> items, you know, and the, and, and right. all the, all the things, the things that they try to get you to buy as you're aging. And I'm like, I refuse. I'm like, no, <laughs> I right? not. I'm going to tell you what I am going to do. I'm going to eat well and have some chocolate and go work out. And I'm going to talk about my wrongs and I'm going to talk about uh, how I'm evolving as an older woman. And I, I'm sorry, but no, actually I'm not sorry. I am a unicorn today. (laughs) Right. I'm doing the work that I was told is a waste of time. Just buy these creams, just buy these supplements, just drink this over here. And I'm like, no, this is why I never had any time, money (laughs) was because I was too busy buying all this crap. Yes. Yes. I am on zero, zero medications, zero at 52 zero my last appointment I I get a checkup once a year and she's like you are good weight your numbers are good you know see you next year you know what I mean oh absolutely yeah I always tell people I'm on the high end for my height and my weight but I choose this weight I am in charge of what I weigh I'm in charge of what I eat. I'm and no one should be commenting on that. <laughs> it's Nunya. It, it really is. Uh, it shocked me that I think I think 118 was the was the low end for my height, and I'm like 118. That's disgusting. I, I ew. Uh, if that is your biomechanics, if that is your like genetics. I, I get it, but I, my goal is this year is to stay between 145 and 150. That is my goal. I'm trying to get to the 150 by March, um, March 5th, I believe it is. How tall are you? I'm 5'6". I'm 5'6", sister. <laughs> and I'm exactly 150 pounds. I, I, I've dieted enough in my life to know where my comfort, where I'm comfortable and I'm happy. And that was always 150 to 155. And I give myself a five pound range. I stop saying you need to weigh one, you know, 42 every single day for the rest of your life. Like I can't do that. I cannot. Your body changes. It, it, it 
fluctuates. It's not, I'm like, yeah. like a crazy person. You are so unreasonable in your eating and your exercise and your expectations. They are all unreasonable. And this is why you make yourself nuts and you can never stick to anything because you're unreasonable. Here's the other thing too, is just because, uh, okay, I used to work in a salon for like 20 plus years Mm -hmm. and I would go to the gym every single day and eat like absolute garbage and I felt, I'm sorry, what? Can you do that today? No, (laughs) no, (laughs) ma'am. No way. No way. It, it, it ages me. It, the bipolar is, is really bad. If I sit there and I eat like a brownie sundae from either not Ben and Jerry's, but, but like from one of those ice cream places, I will be so sick. Mm-hmm afterwards and i don't even think it's the sugar i think it's the corn syrup Ah. corn syrup is in everything it affects my mood it affects my skin you even even aaron said she said it affects my skin my hair my teeth my nails my joints i'm bloated you know Mm -hmm. And I agree with her. I just feel so bad. But here's the other thing, right? Like, as long as I eat something homemade and I don't eat a lot of it, right? Like, I don't sit down. A brown is pretty big. I can't. If I, huh? I can't even imagine trying to eat one of those. I probably could have put down three of them at a time. Yeah. Back in the day. And there's no way. There's Not no now. Mm-mm. But you're absolutely right. I did not want to believe that what I ate affected me. I, I was like, no. You know, I would read stuff. I would hear things. People would say stuff. And I'd be like, no, it's not true. Because I wanted to eat the way I wanted to eat. And everybody leave me the hell alone. Oh, exactly. Exactly. We're not aware. We're sitting there and we're in this, this little place called the matrix. (laughs) And we've taken that pill, you see the blue one, the one that keeps us vibing kind of low and doing all these things that uh, it's my belief that everyone on the planet is a celebrity. It's just whether or not they want to believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to work towards it? I, I am at this place where I can't go back. Like I, I know that my purpose is to share my trials and tribulations with family, with food, with diet culture with beliefs, with all these things, because I have done a 180. I, I have, I have 
and I will always do that. Like it never ends. I continue to do the work. But if you had known me 15 years ago, you would have thought I got cloned and became somebody so opposite right of who i used to be and there and i look around at people who have not evolved one iota in their life and that terrifies me to never grow in your in your in your worth in your value in your words I don't trust people who can't apologize or admit that they're wrong. I will never look up to somebody or be associated with or listen to somebody who can't apologize or say that they're wrong. Right. Did I lose you? No, that was, that's my computer. Does that make sense? Like, no. Like we're supposed to get, we're supposed to get better. That is what we're supposed to do. And some people believe this is as good as I'm going to get. And I don't need to know anything else. And I'm just like, how can anybody stand being around you? (laughs) Oh my God. It's in all honesty, it's. When you, I have to say, I don't abhor people who can't apologize. I feel bad for them. And that's almost worse, I believe. Because when you pity someone, it means that they don't vibe very high and you don't have that much faith in whether or not they're, they're going to recover. And owning your shit is something that's, it is terrifying for people. I I have to tell you, I had a roommate and she had the hardest time telling me the truth. I would have to really dig for the truth. And this is when I had poor boundaries. You know, I still have them every now and then. It's just not as bad. And when she lived with me, um, I trusted her to take care of my cat and my dog. And she told me she did, you know, she did take care of them. And then when I got home, my cat died. Yeah. And then there was $500 taken out of my safe. Which she had the code for because I trusted her because I said, if they needed to go to the vet, here's the money. Well, the cat needed to go to the vet, but she just ignored it. You know, I mean, that makes me sad because when you do, and this is and people had to do it to me. If you don't hold people accountable, you do not give them a reason to change. Right. I'm like, people had to do it to me and I would get so mad. How dare you hold me accountable for my actions? Really? (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I I did with her. 
I did with her. I asked her to leave. I, I mean, it was in February. It was like, right. I had COVID. I think it was last February, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, she had COVID too. And we were homesick together. And I really had to pretend that I still liked her. But deep down inside, I was just, you know, and, and I was trying to vibe higher and say, Mm. look, she is definitely, I mean, this girl, when I say she would eat a whole sheet cake by herself, she would eat those Tostino's pizza rolls Mm -hmm. for dinner Mm -hmm. and an entire sheet cake and drink Coke all day long. She would take Adderall. She would take Xanax. She would take, she would smoke a little weed before she went to bed. She smoked cigarettes all day, you know, and my God, oh my God. When I say she's bad, she's so bad that she went to a place that I worked at for 12 years. She would come home every night and tell me that my boss was an alcoholic, that he was sleeping with some of the nurses. I didn't want to know all of this. I, this is where I work. I don't want to know. And I would have to tell her, please stop telling me this information. These are people I work with. I don't want to know their personal business. Right. Because then it makes me feel some other kind of way about them. Right. You know? So you, you would say she was, she was, she was a low vibing person. That- and that's, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I would. I'm like, this isn't somebody that I can resonate with. This isn't somebody that's going to see me for who I am. Mm-hmm. She can't even see herself. Right. Right. And and I've been there. I've been there where, ugh, like I said, nobody could tell me nothing. And then, <laughs> and then the consequences of those choices burned me to the ground. Like I said, I feel like I, ra- I raised out of the ashes like a phoenix. Like, whew, and I did it to myself. I did it to myself with the choices that I made at the time. I felt like I didn't have, I always, you always have choices, but there are times when you feel like you don't. And I had to learn, we all have choices and sometimes they're harder than we want them to be, but you got to keep doing the right thing. Right. And that's hard when you don't know what the right thing is. So there, I had to do a lot of growing because of, you know, and, I, and I'm not mad at my parents. They're, I'm not even one iota mad. They did the best they could with what they had. It was up to me after a certain amount of time and mistakes to go, all right, it's all you now, you know you can't blame anybody but yourself. And, and that's really when things started to turn around, this is because of you and your choices. So let's start making different ones. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I already found myself in the pits of hell. So I was like, there's nowhere to go, but up. <laughs> I'm done acting. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm reading Don, Ma- Don Miguel um, Ruiz's book the actor i'm going to send it to you when i'm done 
Oh, yeah, girl, that there's nothing better than getting a, a book that somebody else has read and loved and bent the pages. And then, you know, because a new book has no personality. And when you get one that's been read, it's like, oh, this has some warmth to it. So when I read it, he was talking about, so we start with Shakespeare Shakespeare's saying is the world is a stage and everyone in it is an actor. Mm-hmm. He knew, he knew then, what was it? The, was it the 1400s? I'm oh, thinking there. Yeah. I don't know, but he, he knew that people would pretend and it's all based on, on an expectation please accept me. If I act a certain way, will you please accept me for who I am? Mm-hmm. And there are so many more gay people than anyone would ever know because those people are too afraid to be who they authentically are. They, they've been given a reason to be afraid. Exactly. It's shameful. It is very shameful. It makes me sick to my stomach. And my dad grew up in Texas in the 1940s and they killed people. They still do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. They'll do. But my, uh, they I, did it a little more openly when he was a kid. My old hung son, people. My older son is gay and every single day I have to worry if he's going to live another day yeah every single day I would never tell him that but every day I have to worry as a mother if someone is just not going to like that he's gay and then the stupid excuses of well i thought he was hitting on me or you you know all these ridiculous reasons keep your hands off of other people period (laughs) and who are you saying that to (laughs) people who are homophobic oh yeah all those things that somebody put their beliefs on them that trans people, gay people, you know, whatever, whatever, that they're not people, that they're not good people. Somebody put that belief on them that they should be hated and persecuted again. Mm. So I wanted to let you know, not to interrupt you on that note, but I have something similar to what we're talking about and there is a girl I told her I'd reach out um, through the podcast and address her question and her name is Erica I'm not going to give her last name but it's TikTok stand in families and it was what I was telling you about earlier Um, it's a group on TikTok that I'm a part of and we we embrace children whose families 
aren't the best at receiving the news that they have to give. Mm -hmm. And one of her questions, her, this is her question. Um, or actually her statement, she says, well, when I was five months old, my bio biological mama left me with my daddy and my grandma got custody of me. So she raised me my whole life. So I just found out yesterday at the age of 35 that my daddy is not my real daddy. And my grandma knew for a while. And so did the man I called daddy. Um, just don't know what to do or think anymore. I have been crying nonstop. So do you have something to share with Erica about her situation? So Erica was adopted at five months old by her grandmother and the man she believed was her father is that correct? right yeah and she found out that her grandmother knew that that was not her biological father correct i truly believe just from what you've said and what she said grandma grandma tried to protect her by again, right? When we don't tell the truth, she's right. trying to protect because, you know, she maybe she felt at least you have a father figure in your life. Right. That's the only thing I can think of of why grandma and and what she who she thought her father was kept it from her. I truly believe they did it in her best interest. And the truth yeah. always comes out, right? The sun, the moon, and the truth always come out. Exactly. I'm hoping she takes the time that it wasn't malicious. It was, if she's 35, you know, unfortunately during that time, you know, truth can be so difficult. And maybe they just figure, well, when she gets a little older, we'll tell her. Well, it's been this long, you know, maybe a little longer. Like there could be so many scenarios, but I just feel they did it for her best interest and it wasn't to be malicious at all. I don't believe that. Right. And, and have a father. I'm sorry. What was that? I believe grandma just wanted her to have a father figure. So I, I have something to add to that because that, that's very good. I mean, and we know how families are mm -hmm. and we know how hard it is for families. And we know that grandma comes from a time. I don't know how old she is. Mm -hmm. She could be, I have a daughter that's 32. So she could be just a hair older than me. Mm -hmm. And um, when it, when I was younger, my, I got pregnant and it was because my mom didn't tell me about sex. My mom didn't tell me anything. Even when I got pregnant, it was okay. We're going to ship you here and you'll have the baby there and we'll be, we'll be with you all the way. And it wasn't like 
anyone explained anything to me. Mm-hmm. It was just ingrained in who they were. My daughter's pregnant. We don't want anybody to know. We don't want our friends to know. So we're going to ship her to New York so she can have the baby there. And I'm still a child. I'm like, I was like 19 years old. Mm -hmm. I did everything my mother told me to do. That being said, now that I'm an adult, now that I'm aware, now that I'm aware that those things are wrong and that, that I could have totally had my daughter and kept her at home. My parents could have afforded it. My life may have turned out entirely different. So what I had to do, different situation, but here's the way I relate, is that at some point you just got to forgive what they did and move forward. Because I see right here it says, I called daddy, just don't know what to do or think anymore. I have been crying nonstop. Mm. It's, uh, she's trying. She's trying to process, right? All that information, and she and she deserves the time to process it. Exactly. Yeah. Understand that it was done out of love. It wasn't done maliciously. It was done out right. of love. And I hope she comes to that realization that you know, it, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe they would have done it differently you know, had they known differently, but they did what they thought was right at the time. And all you can do is process. And then, like you said, go forward together. Right. Yeah. These people still raised her. You can't dismiss that. I'll tell you some of the best family I have, I consider you family. I consider Aaron family and whether or not we, I don't want any attachments, right? Like I, I want to live in the moment Mm -hmm. and living in the moment means having no expectations of the people in your life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to fit some kind of order, Mm -hmm. to fit some kind of perspective, to have a cookie cutter way they were. My mom was not cookie cutter. My mom smoked cigarettes. She was like a trucker. But she was a lady. She was more of a lady than I will ever be. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great Yeah, it really is. <laughs> she she definitely is not cookie cutter. So the way I look at that is a definitely process like you say love yourself, love your life. And pick the direction that you want to go in from here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I mean, she has an op. She gets to have a grandma and a dad. Right. And I'm not saying, again, remember we were talking about just be grateful. You know what I mean? Right. No, she gets to feel the way she wants to feel. And right now she doesn't know how to feel. She's confused. And that is more than okay. But at some point, you have to leave it behind or else you are never going to grow and you are going to stay confused and it's going to hurt your choices down the road. I'm hoping I have to say I resonate with her exact feeling. Yeah. 
I get, I get, I know I, you do too. I, I, I get it. But when you constantly live in confusion, confusion, sadness, and anger, you do not make good choices. And I say that out of a hundred percent love because of my being angry and sad and confused. I made choices that I never would have made had I been okay. Does that make sense? Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) You're talking to somebody who spent the, the early, the early years with nothing but bipolar disorder as my identity and no one even once I I think my parents sent me to a therapist once but I I told them I said hey look dude I don't want to be in therapy and you can't make me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when you think about it it's like I didn't start growing up until I hit 40 me too. I was, I was like mid forties when I started to go, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. This isn't good. This, something's really wrong. This so, direction isn't so good. Be, be the change. Here we are over 50 with a very colorful past. And we know that we are supposed to help others. That's exactly what we're supposed to do help others be the best versions of themselves and getting rid of that anger, getting rid of the sadness, getting rid of the confusion and owning who you are and moving forward, right? You can't stay stuck in it forever. You cannot, you can't, you do not deserve, nobody deserves that. We're human. We make mistakes. We move on. We evolve. We get better. And how do you help someone else? By evolving. That moves you forward. That's how you and I met because we're evolving. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, 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 I think we'll close on this. I just want to reiterate how I met Kitty Rebellion. <laughs> okay. I was new to TikTok. I, I don't know. Maybe TikTok had been around for four years. And I have not been the social media guru. I'm working on that. But uh, I found TikTok and I was like, oh, my God, I love this. These people, these people are really, they're not hiding behind their pictures. You know, you're not seeing pictures of people on great trips and, you know, with great clothes. And you're, you're seeing women being authentic, working out fighting, fighting for things. And Kitty, I'm scrolling and here you are and you're doing one of your early morning, your early, okay, I'm having my coffee. And I just thought for a second, (laughs) I shit you not. I'm telling you, I'm like, oh my God, I love this. Okay. What is she going to say? And, um, you know, I was addicted and then I, I added you and I think we became friends somehow. And then after watching your videos even more, I said, you know what? Because the podcast had been around for a year and I thought, you know what? This is a great platform. You need to start inviting people. So 
I invited Kitty. And the cool thing about that was it wasn't like, oh my God, yes, I got to be on your podcast. I think I asked you last November, maybe. I think so. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I didn't get you on here until just recently. Last, yeah. And that is perfect. Yeah. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with grow. Uh, you use the perfect word organically, let yeah. things grow organically and you can't go wrong. You can't, we know now you don't force things. You don't rush things. You don't make things up. You just have to let some things happen. You plant the seeds, right? You plant the seed right. and then you let it grow, right? You just, you just let it grow. I love you for that. I needed to be reminded of that. I mean, I told you in the beginning that I'm fighting with a little depression and the census is low at work and I haven't been working for a few weeks and I'm addicted to work, you know, Mm -hmm. and I like money. (laughs) So it's, I'm having to let it go. Just let it go. Work will happen. We're I think it's about really it's about the message. It stops being about the money and it's about the message. The message is more important than anything else for humanity, for other women, for us to evolve and grow. Exactly. It's the message and it's pure and it's real. And it's in your face. (laughs) I love it. I love being really open about depression and, and what I'm going through. I don't want to hide that. I don't want to pretend like I'm something that I'm not right. I'm not perfect. And and I want, yeah. And I want everybody to know. And on that note, my friend. I love you. I love you too, with all my heart. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for letting me come into your life. Oh, yes. And having these wonderful, in-depth, funny, like it's got everything in it. Oh, my God. (laughs) We got happy stories. We got funny stories. (laughs) We got Next time on naked onion mystery tours podcast when we discuss all the shameful things we did when we were teenagers (laughs) (laughs) are you gonna sit sit that one out oh my okay i'm just kidding i made that up on the on the fly (laughs) oh my goodness well namaste my friend my my cup runneth over whenever we we have our time together and it's really elevated my spirit and I look forward to seeing you or seeing you and doing another podcast you all you got to do is invite me that's all you got to do absolutely I'm there <laughs> all right sister all right sis <laughs> thank you uh, take care now you too Thank you for being a part of the movement. This is Naked Onion Mystery Tours signing out. 
And thank you to TikTok stand-in families for creating a safe space for the LGBTQ family members to go to when they need the support they do not get from their own families. Thank you again. Until next time. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Naked Onion Mystery Tours podcast. Tonight's episode, What Are They Doing Now? The COVID Edition. Kitty Rebellion returns. TikTok loves Kitty, and so do we. We're so grateful she is now a regular on the show. Princess Erin Dawn, screenwriter, opera singer, life coach, and lover of dogs. Nikki M., accomplished musician, YouTube vlogger, and codependency survivor. And Lisa Lisa from the Dinner with Schmucks podcast. She's also a hairstylist in Riverview and is the most recent cast member to have COVID-19. She's all better now, so don't worry. And then there's me, Edith the Host. Come and hang out with the cast as we revisit the last two years and discuss how it's affected the world and everyone in it. There are so many emotions concerning what is going on right now and the current state of affairs with COVID-19 and how we are all navigating through this life. Thank you for joining the Naked Onion Mystery Tours podcast and enjoy the show.